Assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you, and welcome to another edition of the Mississippi On The Move podcast. I am your brother, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad. And I'm your brother, Kenneth Muhammad. And welcome, 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 and please allow us to begin immediately in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I bear witness that there is but one God whose proper name is Allah, not to the dismissal of any other name by which people of faith refer to the Supreme Being. 
we bear witness to the oneness of his prophets and the oneness of the messages that were revealed through them to the whole of humanity. Please allow us to greet you with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the language of all of the prophets, including Jesus of Assalamu alaikum. And those words simply mean may peace be unto you. Welcome back in the saddle, big brother. Kenneth, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing fine, brother, by the praise all mercy and grace of Allah. All praises due to him, brother. It's always an honor and a pleasure to uh, be sitting across you. You've been holding it down, brother. I've been uh, enjoying what I've been hearing, even though I haven't been here to dialogue with you. But my ears have been uh, pleasantly pleasantly uh, fed. So thank you, brother, for holding it down. Oh, brother, praise is due to Allah, and thank you, sir. And it's certainly always a pleasure to be sitting across from one of the most erudite minds that I've had the pleasure to be associated with. Brothers and sisters, we got a good one for you tonight. And we're asking the question with regard to the 1995 Million Man March that took place on a Monday on a Monday, not a Saturday, not a Sunday, but a Monday, October 16th, 1995, where we took a pledge. And I'm asking the question of us, have we kept our word? And let me say to you on the front end, that is not a question for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It's not a question for those who have stayed and stuck on and stayed the course with him, because we have to bear witness especially where the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is concerned. He has indeed kept his word and continues to keep and make his word bond at 89 years of age. So, Brother Kenneth, that's a question that we want to dig into. And it sounds like, Brother, we were on the same wavelength because when you hit me with the text and said, can we go through the pledge point by point? I was like, man, that man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> same thoughts. So we're going to... Uh, immediately we're going to go ahead and do the commercial announcements on the front end. We're going to come right back with the axioms and then we're going to get into uh, the question, have we kept our word? I have some audio that we want to uh, share with you from 1995 that I think you will enjoy. And I want you to hear the authentic words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan so we can have absolute accuracy. So we'll be right back after these commercial announcements. Worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. What's your source for truth in news reports? No justice, no peace! No justice, no peace! Where do you turn for non-corporate-driven news that's fair and balanced? No shoot! Subscribe to The Final Call News, your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to local home delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. 
Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. At Urban Indulgence, we pride ourselves on offering quality, effective skin care. Handcrafted with plant-based, skin-loving ingredients, our soaps and body butters will give you luxurious lather and ultimate moisture. Experience the Urban Indulgence at 3314 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, three blocks west of Poplar Plaza, or shop with us online at theurbanindulgence.com. TheUrbanIndulgence.com. And we're back live here at the Mississippi on the Move podcast. And thank you all once again for tuning in. We want to get right into tonight. We got a lot to cover. I want to get these axioms out uh, nice and quickly. Of course, I want to deal with just three tonight, Brother Kenneth. The first two, of course, is from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, wherein he writes the first one, he who gives you the diameter of your knowledge prescribes for you the circumference of your activity. And of course, the second one we use is the definition he gave of a slave, wherein he said a slave is one whose power and authority is ruled over by another and whose sphere of freedom is limited according to the wishes of his master. And I want to give this one again that we started with last week for the first time. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan cautioned us with this quote from him, which is very, very powerful, wherein he said, when you see a man fall or when you see men fall, don't laugh. Learn, learn, because you're on your way up. And the things that tempt people to fall, you and I are not free from that temptation, nor from the weakness that will cause us to stumble and fall. When you laugh at somebody else's fall, white or black, rich or poor, your enemy or your friend, you're laughing and opening a way for your own demise when you do that. Because to laugh and not learn to make mockery and not under, and not to understand is to make the same mistake yourself. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I found, I ran across, I said, man, I'm using that as one of our axioms. So that's what we want to get to, uh, to you tonight for our axioms. And of course we want to get to the shout outs, all the family in Mississippi. Thank you all down there and brother Kazim and brother student minister, uh, Abram coming on up to Brother Student Minister Larry and Brother Student Minister Bossel, of course, Brother Student Minister Conway and all of the believers in those various satellite locations in the great state of Mississippi. And, of course, we have the Day of Atonement coming up this weekend, you all. Please join us at 165 North Memphis Street uh, this weekend. We will be there. Saturday we'll be there starting 10 in the morning. We're going to have a, fun, a food fun and family day. For the believers and the community, you all are welcome to attend and come and join us. You'll see us, those that are in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And also be reminded, uh, the following day, Sunday, 10 a.m. sharp, our doors will open at 9 o'clock a.m. Uh, for the viewing of the Holy Day of Atonement keynote address coming live out of Chicago, Illinois, from our flagship mosque, Mosque Mariam. So make sure you... Uh, Avail yourselves to those uh, events. And, of course, we don't certainly don't want to leave out December 17th. What's happening the 17th, Brother December? December 17th is the day that we're having the fourth annual Prison Reform Gala, a night where we're going to be honoring one of our own, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's student national prison reform minister, Brother Abdullah Muhammad, and we're going to be giving him his flowers as well-deserved flowers while he yes, lived. 
uh, commemorating 32 years of service in that particular post. So come on out and let's uh, enjoy an evening of uh, fellowship. Again, we're honoring one of our own, uh, a man that certainly has done a yeoman's work and may uh, not have been on your radar, but this night, December 17th, down in Holly Springs, Mississippi, as they say, we're going to put on that night. So come on out, get your tickets. Uh, you can uh, purchase your tickets uh, through 901-506-7306. Uh, that's with Zelle. Or you can cash out the dollar sign, N-O-I-P-R-M. Uh, the tickets for that event are $100. It is a fundraiser, and all the proceeds will be going to the Nation of Islam Prison Reform Ministry. Beautiful, beautiful, man. That's going to be a good night. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I got my tickets, y'all. Y'all better get them. Uh, I got my tickets and uh, got my uh, ads in the uh, souvenir journal, so make sure you all avail yourselves to that, too. And, of course, uh, here on the SOS radio program, we are putting together a uh, advertisement slots for those who have businesses down in Mississippi. Uh, I, myself, yours truly, I do commercial jingles, and we're going to offer that service to you who have businesses for a very, very reasonable price. Uh, we're going to give you a 30-second, 30, 30 to 45-second spot, and I'll even put the jingle together because those jingles and all of that music you hear, this is your brother producing, writing, and arranging all of those sounds that you hear that are introduced this program. So we want to make that available. Brother Kenneth, let's get to it, man. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, the 1995 Million Man March. There are several events and circumstances that led up to that. And as I recall, brother, and as I, I actually put it to words, I didn't want to just, you know, just go off the top of my head as I, the thoughts came to me and I then did some of the research, which wasn't much to do because it's still very, very fresh in my mind as I go back through the Rolodex of my memory. And he, the minister had identified uh, movies and cultural uh, <coughs> uh, icons that came on the scene at that time. Movies like Colors and Menace to Society. Yeah, South Central. Uh -huh. Yeah, a yes, book sir. called Monster. And um, the minister, you know, those were theatrical portrayals of the harsh realities of black life in America at that time, at least how they saw it, that were put on the big screen before the world. And it was done. They had an agenda. You know, our artists got an agenda. They want to get the bag, as they say today. That's it. That's they it. just trying to get the bag. So they're not part of this. Right. You know, they just trying to get the bag and tell their story of what's real in their life. But those who put that stuff on the big screen before the world, they had another agenda. It's the unseen hand. The unseen hand, brother. And the minister said to us it was to sell the lie, sell the lie to the world that black people were the problem in America at that time. And also to set the stage for us to be killed wholesale in the name of fighting crime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, and the minister said because they were doing that, when they started the killing of us, he said there would be no outcry because we had been portrayed to the world as subhuman and dangerous. And he said, so just as the Vietnamese were portrayed as gooks. Right in the eyes of the American people during the Vietnam War to justify their slaughter, we had been portrayed in the same light to the world. So uh, that threat was upon us as well. So the minister so astute 
And Allah moved him. He was moved by God to begin to tour the country having men's only meetings. And his subject at every stop was stop the killing, you know, and it culminated with the Million Man March on that Monday, October 16, 1995. Just a little backdrop so we'll know. And uh, and I tell you, man, when I when you said it, I said, man, this and 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 the pledge. Well, before we get to the pledge, because I want to play the pledge for you. Actually, I want you to hear it from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. But anything else, brother, that you remember from that time that were the circumstances and the atmosphere of that time that led up to this? Well, as we all know, um, the law of cause and effect, and we were coming about the 80s, uh, the crack cocaine epidemic, uh, mm. the explosion of the uh, prison industrial complex, and the black community was under siege. And people were crying out. There was, uh, with the drugs that created uh, gang uh, warfare, which is just really civil warfare, which is the most deadly and and bloodiest. Mm. And so um, out of the longing of a people, you know, God touched a man. Mm. And a man came and, and rose up in that environment to address it specifically wasn't worried about what other people had to say, wasn't worried about who was going to be with him. He spoke directly to the pain of an entire people. And when he went around the country would stop the killing. Mm. And then, uh, you know, he it just said he said it just came out of his mouth. You know, I want to take a million men to Washington. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And then, you know, he said, okay, if I'm going to do that, uh, before I do that, because our people are in a particular condition, he began touring the country, having men's only meetings. Mm-hmm. And when you just look at the backdrop, America w- was thinking that particular day, um, all hell was going to break loose. Yes, sir. They had the Army, the National Guard, everybody was in position. Mm-hmm. But as the minister, I heard him say um, during one of the uh, commemorations, he said they did not know that I, Louis Farrakhan, had been going around teaching. Mm-hmm. And so when that event came, it was the most peaceful assembly in the history of the United States of America. And I just want to do a comparison because uh, ir- irregardless, young people especially, because uh, sometimes they'll, they just disrespect your intelligence mm-hmm. because pictures will show you, even though the, the history books try to discredit the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to say 400,000 men. Come on now. But you just look at it yourself, and you know that was more than 400,000. And the Nation of Islam actually uh, put their feet to the fire, and they came up with the accurate number, but they won't report it because they don't want you to think that a black man, a brother of your own, Mm -hmm. uh, could make a call, and then the God will show his approval, and not only a a million show, but nearly two million come. And that one incident, now compare the, the, the hundreds of thousands that came on January 6th just a few years ago. Come on. And they almost just uh, destroyed the government. That was a few months ago. Yeah, yes, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and do a contrast, mm. and then you will see. You will just see the difference. But uh, for a man, any man to be bold enough mm-hmm. to, to do that, and then to speak into that because I remember the minister was saying that 
Um, most of us, we think local. We don't really think past our neighborhood or city. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfortunately, we it's very seldom travel out of state. Mm-hmm. But the image of black people was being piped all over the world mm-hmm. that we were savages. Mm-hmm. And when people saw that, then they would be desensitized to your suffering. Mm-hmm. And so in order to kill you, we have to become killable. And then when you become killable, your murder will be ruled as justifiable. Justifiable homicide. And so the minister, he jumped all in in, in their business. <laughs> yes, sir. And, 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 we, and we dodged a major bullet mm-hmm. uh, with the help of Almighty God because he chose a man. Mm-hmm. And the Quran uh, says, there's not put a pen in it, that, you know, Allah knows best where to place his message. Yes, sir. And he chooses whom he pleases. Yes, absolutely. And if, and if we believe what we say we believe, then if he chooses uh, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who are we to be upset with that choice? Mm. And the interesting thing about that time also, Brother Kenneth, is the response of most of the black clergy uh, and in the sense that... Uh, they began to speak against the march. You know, in fact, most of the people I know for a fact that were allowed to speak that day, some of the prominent names, and we're not going to go through all of that. We're not trying to cast any shade, but we just want to speak straight words. Many of the prominent voices that graced the microphone that day was not in agreement with the march because the Honorable Louis Farrakhan was not doing it in the traditional way. Yes, sir. They wanted to do it on a weekend. They wanted to get sponsors, and the minister was like, no, we're funding this. We're going to make a sacrifice. So he asked his brothers, look, don't, we're not doing it on the weekend. Sacrifice a day of work. He asked everybody not to work that day. He asked the children not to go to school. He asked that black people be absent. Make them miss us that day. Yes, sir. And I was, I mean, in, in contrast, you know, the way many of the clergy, and they were, you know, like hirelings for lack of a better way. They was on C-SPAN, and and I mean, and I'm going to be straight up, man, these Negroes, I mean, some of them were so vehement in their opposition, man. I mean, some of the white commentators were like, my God, we don't, you know, you you going over the top in opposition to something that really was a good idea. And I remember it was, an, it was a divine idea. I shouldn't just say good. And, and the thing I remember, there's this group named the Promise Keepers. Yes, sir. Came out of nowhere all of a sudden now these white men wanting to go to they came to the liberty bowl here in memphis yes sir now all of a sudden they're interested in the plight of black men and there were women even some of our own sisters filing lawsuits saying that we the minister was discriminating against uh women and white men and uh and as a matter of fact i got a a piece that the uh, minister put out wherein he talked about, he addressed that. He told us, he said, the purpose of the men's only meetings, he said, the purpose is to discuss with men how God intends for a man to act and then let us choose whether we want to act like the product of our slave past or whether we want to act and become the product of God's presence among us. He said, but, he said, but before our talk is over, I want white America to see that genocide against black people is not necessary. First of all, it can't happen. And lastly, 
It is not in the best interest of this nation to kill black men wholesale, nor is it in our best interest for us to kill one another to the joy of those who have already destroyed our families. And, I'm, and that, that ain't really the part. Okay, here it is. He says, it has never been in the nation of Islam's history to call a meeting to discriminate against women. For we know as students of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he taught us that where there are no decent women, there are no decent men, and that no nation can rise any higher than its woman. So we are not discriminatory against women, nor are we trying to be discriminatory against white men. However, when we look at the condition of our community, it is not white women or black women, for that matter, who are filling the morgues of the cities of the United States. It is young black men being killed by young black men. Therefore, that tells any human being who loves his people that we have a problem in our community that can't be solved by more police and more jails. The problem in the inner cities of America can only be solved by more justice, particularly to the man. So I came here tonight to have a brotherly, fatherly chat with the men. And those are words from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in an article uh, on January. It's an article form, but he said these words on January 24th of 1994 to approximately 200,000 brothers um, in the 369th Armory. That was in New York City, New York. Uh, And that was the first of the series of the Let Us Make Men Only lectures that he did. So uh, that's the... In a nutshell, a thumbnail sketch of the block of the backdrop leading up to the march, and there were many other things that happened, but I think we pretty much covered it uh, good enough uh, so we can make tonight's presentations. So, uh, brother Kenneth, if it's okay with you, man, I want to I want to go to this audio clip of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, in 1995. This is from 1995, and I want you, audience, feast your ears on this. This is the pledge that the men that were in attendance, nearly 2 million of us, I was there. I was on the Capitol steps on post, Brother Kenneth, and had been on post since about 4 o'clock that morning. (laughs) And I was honored, man. I just, I felt electric the whole day. So, but at any rate, I ain't going to go into that. Uh, Feast your ears upon this, brothers and sisters' words directly from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In closing, I want you to take this pledge. When I say I, I want you to say I, and I'll say your name. I know that there's so many names, but I want you to shout your name out so that the ancestors can hear it. Take this pledge with me. Say with me, please. I say your name.
Wow. Wow. I got to admit, Brother Kenneth, when I listened at it earlier today, man, I, I actually welled up because, I mean, just listening at the audio, it brought back to mind the energy that was there and being among all of those brothers, you know, and the little gate that was at the front of the Capitol steps that we had to put back in place because so many speakers were coming and the brothers got restless. And then you start hearing them chanting, we want Farrakhan, we want, they was pushing that gate and they were serious. They were tired of all of the other uh, commentators. But let's rewind that and go through this point by point, Brother Kenneth. If you would, Brother, what's the first one? Because we're asking the question, family, have we kept our word? Because you just listened at nearly two million brothers take a serious pledge. And I ask myself, have I kept my word? And I want to ask the listening audience and any of you who are listening to our brothers, and this applies to our sisters too, have we kept our word? And let's look at it. What's that first one, Brother Ken? Well, it says that I from this day forward will strive to love my brother as I love myself. That's the golden rule. That's the golden rule. And and we have to ask, looking at our condition, we're not looking outside at nobody else. We're looking at the level of love that exists in our communities today. Can we say that we have improved since 1995 or has the love in our community begun to wane or fade? Have we progressed or have we degenerated? You know, and that's a soul-searching question that we as individuals have to answer. And you didn't have to be in the audience. You, I don't want you to say in the audience, well, I wasn't there. I didn't take the pledge. Well, it's a legitimate pledge for all ears who would listen to it, particularly in the black community. So your thoughts, brother, I mean, can we say that we've kept that word collectively? Of course, some of us can say it individually. Well, collectively, I think we we have failed in, in that piece. And again, uh, there are extenuating circumstances. We don't want to deal with that too much. But to strive to love my brother as I love myself, the thing is, have we been taught? Do we understand what it is to love oneself? Mm-hmm. You see, and because of the... We call it self-hatred, but the lack mm-hmm. of knowledge of self, who you really are, because uh, generationally they have always stopped, you know, they use their media, the movies, mm-hmm. as their number one propaganda tool. Mm-hmm. And because we don't come at this thing, I remember reading in uh, Destruction of Black Civilization by Chancellor Williams, and he just made a statement, but it was so telling. He said, when we engage with Europeans, we come at it different. When they engage with us, they are engaging from the standpoint of war. They're engaging with us as an enemy. But when we deal with them, we don't. He said, and that puts us at a disadvantage. Puts us at a, a severe disadvantage. And so what they do uh, in warfare the number one tool is propaganda. And yes, we sir. are at war with 
uh, a society. We are in war, ideology, uh, you know, of every facet, war is taking place. So I said all that to say the image that is piped day in, day out, whether it's in music, whether it's on television, even the news, when they, when they show the news, it's as though we're the only one that commit crime. We're the only ones that do anything, you know, uh, and and that shades your opinion of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have a high opinion of yourself, of course you're not going to have a high opinion of anyone that looks like you. And so that's where we have to change. You know, if I love my brother, then I got to be patient with him. I got mm-hmm. to understand that, uh, man, he's been set upon the same dog that, Bark that you it bit me. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to have more patience. But you know, we we patient with everybody else, mm-hmm. but we very impatient with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that reminds me, brother. I mean, the way you put that, that the the way the pledge went, it's as though the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan understood that there were circumstances historically and currently at that time and even now at play that facilitate, if you would, that foster hatred of self in America, the images and, as you say, and the cultural things that they, and the propaganda tool that they use to perpetuate this self-hatred. So when the minister, he used the words, I will strive to love, because he knew it was a process, you know. So we're simply saying, brother and sister, let's get back in the process of striving to love one another as we love ourselves. And of course, when you have self-hatred, you have to first begin with self. And that's why we always are inviting y'all to, th- yes. <laughs> to this course of study entitled self-improvement is the basis for community development. So one of the things that that fosters, this, this study course fosters, is love of self. Because what, when you discover what God has put in, in you as an individual, you will be shocked. And you'll fall in love with yourself. And, of course, by way of falling in love with God Almighty. The next one, he says, I, from this day forward, will strive to improve myself spiritually, morally, mentally, socially, politically, and economically for the benefit of myself, my family, and my people. And I will say that there are brothers and sisters. There is a consciousness among us. You know, you go online, particularly on social media platforms. You have a lot of different podcasts and all of these YouTube channels where people are trying to sort their way through, yes, uh, you know, the things that have historically been Achilles' heels, if you will, for us all the way from male female relationships. I think about the brother, what's his name that passed away recently? Um, Kevin uh, Samuels. Yeah, Kevin Samuels, and you know, and a lot of people, you know, maybe you know, looked at brother with the, with a jaundiced eye in terms of some of his commentary, but. I say that it was an attempt. It was a sign that there's an attempt afoot to try to reconcile things. And I was listening to the podcast, just a snippet of herself, some young brothers and sisters talking about male and female relationships. And it was very deep and spiritual. So that is happening among us. Yes. I mean, anytime you can have dialogue, you know, it's good. But I look at the things that the minister put in here. He says spiritually, mm-hmm. because we know that you can have all the vertical growth, but if there's no, no, I mean horizontal growth with right. the acquisition of businesses and properties, but if you don't have any vertical growth, 
spiritually and morally, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's going to tear down the other. And that's something that we have to get back to emphasizing. Mm -hmm. You see, it's nothing wrong with being proper. Mm -hmm. It's nothing wrong with, you know, being being righteous. Mm -hmm. You see, uh, you don't have to be a quote-unquote holy roller. That's but right. But, but be proper. There's just right. some things that should be beneath you. That's right. That's right, brother. And you mentioned that word growth. I was reading something. Actually, I was listening to something uh, earlier this week, and I actually wrote it down. I thought it was profound. I can't remember the gentleman's name. He was... Uh, uh, he was, he appeared to be Indian, uh, uh, in, um, his, um, nationality, I guess, if you would say, if you'd say it like that, he said these words, he said, and I'm not quoting, this is how I understood him. He said, growth is not necessarily success. He said, growth is gaining material wealth, possession, or increasing, say, say, for instance, your company sales. But he said, progress it's growth aided by ethics because, I mean, you can grow as a dope man. <laughs> you yeah. grow the business, yeah. but that ain't necessarily success, and exactly. it ain't necessarily progress. So he's, when he said growth or progress is growth aided by ethics, I was like, dang, that's true. Then he said, so growth, is ex growth plus ethics equal progress. And then he said, and progress plus humanity, morality, and spirituality, that equals success. And I said to myself, I have to agree with that, you know, because, I mean, and I think sometimes, especially in today, man, you know, as we were saying earlier, you know, our people, when they think they get the bag, I'm like, I got the bag, I'm successful now. Well, on one level, you are. You are successful. You have successfully improved your quality of life and materially, primarily. But there's a scripture, and I hope nobody don't, you know, take an aversion to this, that says the fool and his money will soon part. And we see that often, you know, in the industry. Our brothers and sisters get taken advantage of. They don't get their masters. You know, they go make all of this money, and they die broke. You know, so is that really success? So, uh, but yes. Uh, but that that's what came to mind when you talked about growth. The next one, the minister says, he says, I pledge that I will strive to build businesses, build houses, build hospitals, build factories and enter into international trade and commerce, international trade, excuse me, for the good of myself, my family and my people. Now, that's a big one. And we, <laughs> I see you smiling, but you're like, man, we ain't done that one. Well, I'm, no, that wasn't really what was on my mind. I was looking at the mathematical process, uh -huh. how, the, how this was put together. This wasn't done happen, but you know, haphazardly, okay? Because he started off, first thing you got to do is love your brother as you love yourself. You see? Um, Brothers first. And we said, you know, in Islam that, you know, you're not, you know, you're not a righteous person until you want for your brother what you want for yourself, want, desire. You know, those words are sometimes interchangeable. Mm -hmm. So that right there sets a particular tone. Then he goes into how spiritually improving yourself, morally. Mm -hmm. Notice spiritually and morally are two different things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then That's interesting. Then mentally, socially, mm -hmm. politically, economically. Okay. But then he says, benefit of what? Myself, my family, my people. Wow. He put all that together. Mm -hmm. Then now, see if you if you 
loving your brother as yourself, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're growing, you're improving spiritually, you're improving morally. That means you got good character, good integrity. Mm-hmm. See, you can't do business, mm-hmm. you know, not good business with a morally corrupt or bankrupt individual. Nope, you can't. So now once I establish all of that, you know, mm-hmm. socially, that's the mm-hmm. community, politically, because we got to do what? Empower mm-hmm. ourselves, our community, economically now right. once we get that now we can take it up now this yes is big sir. stuff right here we're gonna big. do what build businesses, build businesses. we're gonna build houses mm-hmm. we're gonna build hospitals build mm-hmm. factories mm-hmm. and then enter into international trade you talking about you got your nation yes sir that's it brother and i love the fact you know and i looked at it that way as well and, 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 and in addition to seeing it that way scripture comes to my mind and I, I can't help but being you know because if you look at the minister's word when he says I will study to or well I will strive to improve myself spiritually morally mentally socially and then all the rest and the scripture that comes to mind that says seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness Bam. then all these things will be added unto you I just, that's just, you know, and, and, and it was another one that came to mind. It slipped my mind at this point, but that's the first one, the most prominent one. When you look at it, so the minister, he's, this is, this is biblically sound. It's Quranically sound. You know, when you look at the pledge that you're taking. So people that criticized it, well, you all with that man. And, you know, he's, he didn't say anything or ask of us anything that was not in line with any person of any faith tradition. When you look at the principles that all of us believe in, he, I mean, he brought everything together. I mean, you couldn't be, you couldn't, you couldn't object to this, you know, based on it. You couldn't say, well, I'm not a, no, a Muslim. It, it don't, he don't say any of those things in no, there. Sir. Because, you know, his teacher asked him, you know, what is the best religion? Mm-hmm. He, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you teaching me Islam, but what, what he said. And he said, the best religion is to do unto others. others. <laughs> you have others, others do unto you. That says a lot. That says a bunch. And the other one just came to mind when he said, for the benefit of myself, my family, and my people. Because you can't help your people if you don't help yourself. And you can't even help your family if you don't help yourself. So that it brings to mind the principle charity begins at home. Self first. Then and then spreads abroad so man i mean this this pledge and i don't we may not get through this tonight brother because we're really just getting the surface you probably can write volumes on each pledge you know the many that uh the minister went through then he said um i pledge that from this day forward i will never raise my hand with a knife or a gun to beat cut or shoot any member of my family or any human being except in self-defense. Man, and Lord knows we need that place today because today, man, I mean, when you turn on the news, it's difficult to find good news on any mainstream channel uh, locally here. I don't care what channel you put it on anywhere in the country. Most of the news you hear today is not good news in our community as it relates to relationships. Every day there's gunfire. 
and there is the loss of life, senseless. You hear him say it's just a senseless loss of life because you would think that the issues that the people were involved or at odds with each other over, cooler heads could have prevailed. It could have been easily solved if the triggers, we didn't have a hair trigger, uh, uh, I guess, mental disposition where we spin out of control with anger, with, with the, the impulse to anger and violence today is so acute, man, that it's difficult to get people to sit down and, and, and like civilized people, hash out their differences with dialogue. I was looking at a, a, a picture online, brother. It's a brother standing at a gas pump at night. He's got the gas hose in his tank with his right hand. And in his left hand, brother, he's standing with a gun at the low ready while pumping his gas. You know, and the, and I scanned the comments, and people were like, I understand, I understand. Because nowadays, brother, on any given night, depending upon how close you live to any part of the interstate, you can hear gunfire, man. Hear, I mean, engines, oh, pop, 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 pop. So... Uh, this particular pledge, and, and of course we don't know all of the circumstances, the environment today is so toxic as it relates to relationships culturally, and, and it reminds me of uh, the Holy Quran when it's Allah says, uh, uh, we're taught that when Allah intends to chastise or to destroy a nation, before he chastises them, first he raises up a warner. You know, then... He, with a divine message that's got in it, divine guidance to guide the people out of the condition if they would accept the message. But historically speaking, man has always had an aversion to the message coming from the messenger of God. Very few people listen to Lot and Jesus and all of them. So God, next he seizes the nation with distress and affliction that they may humble themselves. So a lot of what we see I would, in my estimation, brother, historically, scripturally, prophetically, and in prophecy is the fact that because we won't humble ourselves to the message, to the truth, to certain realities, then life, you know, the consequences of our deeds are being visited upon us. That's how I see that, brother. Yes, sir. And, and just coming at it from another perspective, everything you're saying is correct. But the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan, understanding again, um, speaking right into the longing of a people, he addressed something. And I, and I hear our brother, uh, Dr. Jeffrey uh, Futrell from Young Man's University. He said, you can't really address violence if you're not talking about addressing poverty. Mm -hmm. And the minister in the first part of the pledge, he addressing poverty. He's addressing those things. If when you look at it, when you are building your own businesses, building your own schools, your own hospitals, you are engaged in international trade and commerce. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we know communities where there are homeowners and not predominantly renters. Mm -hmm. You see, because again, the axiom that you read was beautiful, but the one that we didn't read that we normally read by uh, Victor Hugo. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, we can't absolve. We got to put all this in context. If a soul is left in darkness, then sins will be committed. Mm -hmm. The guilty one is not the one who commits the sin, 
but he who creates the darkness. So this pledge is speaking directly into the darkness mm -hmm. that is engulfing the black community. Mm -hmm. And so these things, these crimes, as Dr. Martin Luther King said back in 1967, are derivative crimes. Mm -hmm. Are we engaging in these things? Of course we are. But these derivative or smaller crimes are just a part of the larger crime that mm -hmm. goes unnoticed, goes undiscussed, uh, and and no one is dealing with the greater crime. Because when you say we have a hair trigger, we're not sitting down talking over our conflict. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we could ask this question, where is that demonstrated in the society that I come up in? If I'm studying American history, if I'm watching the television, listen to me, there is nowhere where I see the United States or European nations sitting down discussing mm -hmm. uh, their problems with anybody. Mm -hmm. Is you going to get with this or you going to get with that? Mm -hmm. They the one that came up with the phrase shock and awe. They're the ones that went over in Afghanistan and said, we're going to bomb you back into the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. They the one that came in. Um, dispossessed uh, Libya, a nation that was uh, independent, that was thriving, that is now a failed state because they interjected themselves through mm -hmm. agent provocateurs and assassinated uh, Muammar Gaddafi, and now they act like Libya never existed. Because why? It is a failed state. Uh, right now, the United States is in a war with Russia by proxy mm -hmm. because they are the ones that are supplying the Ukraine with uh, most of, uh, or not entirely all of their weapons. I'm saying all that mm -hmm. to say this. Uh, we can look at what's going on in North Memphis, mm -hmm. South Memphis, mm -hmm. Detroit, Watts, Compton, all these mm -hmm. other places, but these are derivative crimes of the larger crime. Now I got a question for all of that. At what point do we allow the derivative crime, which is that? That's a fact now. Because my mind always goes to the scripture, of course, both of us, I would uh, dare to say, and words from the minister. Because at some point, we are accountable. I remember the minister saying these words once. He said, I'm just about through teaching you anything because I realize that ain't no teaching going to make you better. The only thing that's going to make you better is the chastisement of Allah. And my mind from there went to Hosea and where it says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But it doesn't stop there. In that context, he who created the darkness is responsible for the derivative crimes committed by those whom he put in the darkness. But the second half of that phrase is, and you have rejected knowledge. Because when you talk to our people, all the way down to many of our young people, they know the language, assalamu alaikum. When I go, and I would dare to say most of us in our encounters, a critical mass of us as black people have heard of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan either directly from him or through those of his representatives. So when Hosea the prophet says, and you have rejected knowledge, after that it says, so shall I, God talking, reject you. And I shall, no, he said, you shall no more be a, a uh, doesn't say prophet, 
but a, a minister in words to me, and I will forget your children. So both are at play here. There are those who have been put in darkness, and the derivatives crimes committed by those, those, uh, the culprit is the one who caused the darkness. But there are those who have been introduced to knowledge and know better, but we still choose to reject knowledge. And a man has been among us, a teaching has been among us over 90 plus years, where two men have clearly demonstrated that the best and really only solution for us is to do for self. And in my estimation, this is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said plainly, the black man must do for self or have it to do. Today, we wield $1.3 trillion in economic spending power. We are not a poor people. We are poor up here. And we have not developed the political, economic, or, or social sophistication to leverage that, uh, what I've just mentioned, and to and actualize it where to benefit the mass of us. We practice a form of rugged individualism where it's like everybody's out for themselves. So the little man is always forgotten. So I would agree, brother, that both are at play. You know, there are those who've been left in the darkness, you know, and there are those who know, and this is why the scripture answered the question, asked the question, what man having a light would hide it under a bushel basket? So, you know, uh, very See, that's why I wanted to do this tonight, because these are some serious questions, and this is a serious, serious pledge. And, and I think uh, as I was going through it today, brother, I don't think it really dawned on many of us how serious this pledge was. And when I went back and visited, I'm sitting asking myself, dang, Shahid, have you, have you really done this, brother? To what degree, if so? so uh, well, this dialogue is, mm-hmm. is great. For several reasons, but I'll point this one out. How long is a generation? Some what? say 20 years. Some say 20, Some 25. Say mm-hmm. So this was 27 years ago, mm-hmm. a generation ago. A whole generation. Okay. Now you're dealing with this problem that we're talking about in our community mm-hmm. is basically a what? A gener- it's a new generation it's that's doing this. And because here's light that was put up on the hill. Mm-hmm. It wasn't hid. The enemy know what light is. Yes, sir. You see, my thing is, if God wants you, then <laughs> Satan wants you too. Definitely. He don't want God to have you. <laughs> you see, if you want to do, if you're trying to do better, somebody's trying to pull you down. It's just what it is. So now, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is almost like he didn't exist to a new generation. They're not playing them on the radio. See, they tried several things with with the minister, and none of them worked. At first, well, we're going to put them all over the USA Today. We're going to expose them, put them on TV against our brightest minds. And, of course, he's an undefeated champ. <laughs> and so, okay, I better not put him on TV. He's getting more converts. So I'm gonna, well, we're going to just black him out. We're not going to allow him to teach on college universities. We're not going to allow him on mainstream TV. We're going to make it difficult for him to do international trade and commerce. How many people can get a loan? It's $5 million back then. Put it in a black bank. Could have put it in any bank, but decided to put it in a black bank to buy black products from a black uh, producer. 
and I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. Got all this laid out. Uh-huh. And then the man who we would think is a big man come and tell Mr. Farrakhan, man, I can't do this for you because they told me if I help you, they're going to take all my products off the shelf. Mm-hmm. You see? Then you get a call from a bank. Now, banks, if you understand how banks work, when you get deposits, they take their money and then they invest it. So that's how banks make money. It's your money. All your money not there. They only have to keep uh, 10% of your money there. You know, if you didn't know that, now you know. Mm -hmm. But here's $5 million they got. And then call the minister and say, hey, come get your money out of my bank. Now, somebody, whoever called them had to be, Real heavy mm-hmm. for you to uh, need because you a black bank now. <laughs> you ain't Morgan Chase or Wells Fargo. You a good black bank. Need all the money you can get, but I can't have Firecon's money in there. <laughs> See, now, that, I mean, that, now that's deep. So now mm-hmm. a generation mm-hmm. that don't know nothing about this, an event like this, you know, not commemorate. They mm-hmm. commemorate all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This ain't talked about. No. I mean, they don't even really show the movie "Get on the Bus" mm-hmm. because that was that was real deep. So they try to do, they try to ignore that like it didn't happen, you know. And then when you write about it, give you a, a small paragraph. Just Google it. Mm-hmm. I challenge you, and we're gonna get the same story. Yes, sir. They gonna That's come, right. you know. They're gonna call him anti-Semite. They gonna call him. They gonna do all the negative things. Then said, um. Uh, it was called the Million Man March where 400,000 men showed up. But look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself. You know, I had never been to D.C. When I finally went, I was like, okay, I'm at the Washington Monument. I said, well, okay, where they had the Million Man March? Then I remembered he was over there by the Lincoln Memorial. So I can't physically I barely see the Lincoln Memorial. It is so far down to the other the, end. Where the minister was? Yeah. No, he was actually at the Capitol. At the Capitol, I meant to say. It, yeah. And he was yeah. facing the Lincoln Memorial. But the, the, the space. Yes, sir. The space is uh-huh. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's is 1,080-something uh, acres. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we did the math on it back in the 90s, brother. Think of what an acre is. Mm-hmm. And the, it's 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 phenomenal, and there was men I mean, as far as it was lengthwise. It was width. Mm-hmm. It was not only length, but it was breadth. Mm-hmm. Four hundred thousand. I mean, I mean, you got just stop it, mm-hmm. just stop it. And then they had Const- Constitution Avenue, was packed. And mm-hmm. then I think uh, I can't remember the other street, but it was like three streets, and then in the middle, packed all the way back to the Lincoln Memorial. And another thing that that comes to mind, brother. Uh, talking about these two uh, different dichotomies, if you will, that I have played. Those who've been left in darkness and those who've been introduced to the light. See, this new generation, the reason they don't know is because those of us who were responsible for passing the message failed. And that's, see, brothers and sisters, that's why there's a Mississippi on the Move podcast and other podcasts out there. We have to control the narrative. The technology is available for us because the Quran says, listen at what Satan's going to say. He said, and when the matter is decided, Satan will say, I promised you. No, he said, Allah promised you a promise of truth. I promised you and failed you. So blame me not. Blame yourselves. And in another place, he says, I had no authority over you. I only called you and you obeyed me. So it, that says, Quranically, 
And if you look at it, uh, it's like a woman in a terrible relationship with an abusive man. And she's been made aware that this joker ain't no good. <laughs> I mean, she know this clearly. And she said to herself, she's been a minute. This joker ain't no good. He ain't going to pay the bills. He ain't going to keep the lights on. He's going to keep you in the dark. But at some point, and at first you go, you want to help this sister or this woman out of this situation. But at a certain point, if she keeps giving herself to that situation, that man going to love her to death. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, it happens, you know. And black people today, in my estimation, beloved, we're in a situation where we've fallen so deeply in love with this way of life and much of it, and we don't want to part with uh, a lot of the American culture, which is a culture of death. So, hey. And I just, it popped into my mind about this, that star of God, uh, student minister, Dr. Ava Muhammad. Oh, yeah. And the separation tour. And, you know, she came to Mississippi, and I think she told you, uh, Brother Shahid, that that was one of the best yeah, town she halls that. that she ever had down in Coldwater uh-huh. with Brother Patrick and, and, and the family down there. But separation first is a, is a mental thing. Ooh, that's where it starts. You got, to, you got to see it in your mind. And the minister right here just saying these things, I would pledge to build businesses, houses, hospitals, I'm separating, you know. I'm feeding from a system, you know, like a baby that's in the womb. I'm f- got to feed from this system, but yep. it is it is to get strong enough so I can be independent one day. And we we don't have that kind of aspiration, and so we 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 grow up in a vicious cycle of poverty and despair. And uh, now we just say, hey, he's always been like that. No, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking about our sojourn in America. I'm going way back. That's a conversation for another time. But you hit a point that is is true, that we get to be thinking, you know, when he says myself, but the second one was family and my people. Mm-hmm. We may go for self, you know, and we might include family. But we sure not thinking of, uh, collectively, you know, I got mine, you get yours. And we just moving out. And that culture, that mindset, it exposes us. And we're getting picked off one by one by one. Mm-hmm. And as fast as we're producing these numbers, that if we were politically conscious, remember he says to improve myself politically. Mm-hmm. Why? We live in a quote-unquote democratic society. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not getting into the, the reality of it. But one man, one vote. Mm-hmm. And so if we continue, our numbers grow. Why do they do a census? And then why did they come up with a report called the Browning of America? Because they saw that at, at, at the current birth rate, we would be the majority mm-hmm. by the year, I think they said 2030 or 2050. Mm-hmm. 2053. Yeah, but you know it's coming down now. Right. But here's the thing. Now, here's a man that stole a nation. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna look up and by <laughs> just by you know procreating, he's gonna be out of power. <laughs> and that that hey man, that in, into a white supremacist, I got to get into my trick bag and do something about it. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, uh, I know you're going through the Rolodex of your scripture, but what comes to mind is let us Mm -hmm. deal wisely with them. That's what Pharaoh said. And and so this is what's going on now. And, and again, brother, you know, this this pledge is a lot deeper Mm -hmm. when you get to parsing the words Mm -hmm. because the minister spoke directly into our problem. But in the pledge, he gave us a solution. Absolutely, man. Very well put. He gave us the, he outlined and delineated the problem and gave us a solution. So, you know, brother, this, this, this pledge, I'm glad we're going through this. And really, we can't get all of this in, in one sitting. Matter of fact, we couldn't get it all in, in two sittings to do it justice. Because, I mean, when you, when you think of the fact that we failed to pass what happened, on October the 16th in 1995. We talk about Black History Month every year. As I talked, as I said last week, when I talked about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as great as a contribution as that man made and continues to make, let me emphasize, continues to make through the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to the, uh, I said, the evolving cause of our progress as black people and human progress. He's still always conspicuously absent from the discussion during Black History Month. And it is because because forces outside of us still fund every organization that we have from the Urban League to the NAACP, the only, I would dare to say, on a national level, independent, economically independent, quote-unquote, organization is the Nation of Islam because we funded ourselves and, and we have yet to understand as long as somebody else is funding whatever cause or organization or entity that we say is black, it's not really black. It's just superficially black. <laughs> but at its root, is as white as I don't know what. So, And that's why we couldn't pass during Black History Month we can't control the narrative. We can't talk about the men right there. And as I said last week, in New York, they commissioned a brother to do a mural of all of the black leaders. Right. And he's conscious enough to put the minister's face. They got a problem. Now, here comes somebody threatening that we can't even decide who we want to honor in 2022. That's, that's, that's bold. That's, that's bold. very bold. That's bold. You know, that's saying to you, look, and I'm going to say, look, nigga, I didn't tell you you can put his face. Hold on, hold on. I need, you need to call me right now. That's the attitude they have towards us. And in truth, to a large degree, it's our fault. But to those that are the new generation that are in darkness now, it's not their fault. Because those of us who have been exposed to truth and to the light, we should have done better by our children. We should have done better by them. So now there's going to be a cost and a price to pay uh, for our failure. And uh, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has said to us and warned us, and the minister continues to warn us, and I noticed, brother, the minister hasn't been saying very much. You know, I remember him saying that, you know, he was going to get quiet, and he's going to say, Allah is speaking, God is speaking through the events. You know, and matter of fact, y'all, y'all keep your ears open. I done wrote another song, man. That speaks to that. At some point, I'm going to publish it. Matter of fact, I've written two. Uh, But at any rate, brothers and sisters, this pledge is very, very profound. 
because in the next part, you ready to go to the next part? Yes, I, because I know I just looked at the time, uh -huh. but I wanted to address some of it, and we probably won't be able to delve into it and give mm -hmm. it justice. But at the beginning, you were um, giving us the backdrop about uh -huh. the Million Man March. Yes, sir. And one of the things, and it was out of ignorance, and the minister, and he handles our people so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I saw some lectures where, you know, it was some sisters that got in, and he would say, hey, you know, you all right, come on in. If you feel like you got to be in there, I ain't, ain't, well, he right. wasn't tripping. Mm -mm. But in this pledge, even though, you know, he, those charges of, uh, you know, being anti-woman, he speaks to the dynamic of the woman through and through these next mm -hmm. two paragraphs mm -hmm. when he talks about you make you you know you pledging never to raise your hand never mm -hmm. to abuse your woman physically never to disrespect her mm -hmm. uh, and to recognize that she's the mother of your children and mm -hmm. the producer of your future i mean who talk like that mm -hmm. then you know that you know they had started you know language is important and words sound power. And so when they elevated the B word to be common, here's a, here's a man saying, hey, I would never use that to describe any female, mm. but particular my black sister, mm. you see. So he said, hey, across the board is wrong. Mm, of course, but no matter what the ethnicity. Yeah, but your sister, you Come need to, man, you, you got to, Brother, tighten it up. So if <laughs> he was anti-woman, then why would he address, address these issues, man? Come on, man. In the male-female relationship, the black male-black female relationship. Man, this is, this is phenomenal. Absolutely. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to the Mississippi On The Move podcast with myself and our brother Kenneth Muhammad, me, Abdul Shaheed Muhammad. And brothers and sisters, I hope... Those who are listening, let let me thank you all for tuning in. Those who have tuned in, we got a pretty, we got a, hey, we got a good audience, brother. I just flipped it over and looked. Thank you, my dear sister Audrey. She's always on a staunch supporter of this broadcast, and my little wife, and of course, and that goes without saying, man. She makes sure I'm on point. She be monitoring, making sure the sound is right, and you know, make sure we got what we got in here. She's here with us. She don't know it yet, Brother Kenneth, but I'm planning an episode for her as a businesswoman. So I know she's sitting in there listening. We're going to have Mrs. Muhammad of Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique to come on, and uh, I'm not going to give you a date. So, uh, yes, honey, I'm telling the whole audience, so they so when they come in the store, they say, when you going to be on? So God willing, very near future, we're going to have uh, my beautiful queen on the program to talk about the Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique. Hey, we trying to do for self, brother. But this 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 next part, man, I mean, what you just mentioned, Brother Kenneth, if, interestingly enough, when it talks about the abuse of my wife, that goes from the mother to the children. Yes. I mean, it goes all the way to the children and the, the use of language, the B word. Then it gets to the self again not poisoning the body with drugs, with its destructive to the health and well-being. And then he goes back out, and he, from this day forward, I will support black newspapers, speaking to the fact that we need to control our narrative. We need to go to the sources that are free enough to tell our own story. And this is the importance of the final call. This is why, brothers and sisters, every episode 
Abdul Shahid Muhammad and Kenneth Muhammad is going to play the Final Call newspaper advertisement. We need to subscribe to our own periodicals. That is the flagship periodical of the Nation of Islam. It is unbought. It is not corporate driven. So we have the freedom to inform our people properly because we know, you know, mainstream media is simply not going to do that. He says support, support black radio, black television. I will support black artists who clean up their acts to show respect for themselves and respect for their people and respect for the ears of the human family. And when you look at the culture today, it's, it's gone backwards. But interestingly enough, I was listening. They just interviewed our brother, student minister, Nuri Muhammad, uh, talking about the recent Kanye West controversy, him being accused of being anti-Semitic because he had on the White Lives Matter shirt. And I don't <laughs> want to get off on that tangent. Maybe we'll do that another time. But he reminded me, brother, when he talked about how uh, in hip-hop music we can demean ourselves. You know, it's okay to call our sister the B and the H. It's okay to talk about shooting a nigga, rob a nigga, you know, beat a nigga and all of this. But he brought back to my remembrance uh, when Tupac had the song out, Two of America's Most Wanted. And the original track, at the end of the song, you hear Tupac talking and in the commentary, he says these words. He said, after we get finished with these black bees, we getting ready to go after these Jewish, Jewish hoes. A lot of people don't know. They made Tupac go back and edit that out. <laughs> See the power? Now look, interestingly enough, he only edited out the part about Jewish hoes. It was okay. The black bee part, when he said, after we finish with these black bees, we getting ready to go after these Jewish H's. Well, it really begins with W, but you know yeah. the colloquial language. So they said, edit out the Jewish reference. Of course. But why didn't they say both? And that speaks volumes for what they think. And the same thing with Michael Jackson's song. When he came out with, they don't really care about us. When he says the words, uh, what, sue me, Jew me, you will never do me. They told they send millions of copies of his, <laughs> was called back, you know, and that was edited out. And so today, now what do you see? You know, songs like WAP. You know, we see our women being presented in the way they're being presented. You know, and as we said earlier about the original culture, our young people are just after the bag. You know, they trying to grow. You know, they're trying to increase and get out of poverty in many instances. You know, not with the thought that there's another force on the other end of this that's got a, a totally different agenda where your cultural or artistic expression uh, is concerned. So, you know, man, I thought if we try to get that in, a lot of other things came to birth. The local organizing committees, you know, that we should be having. The minister during that particular um, speech and just some backdrop, now let me look at the time. I don't want to uh, go too long. But they had asked the minister, one of those prominent uh, clergy, uh, Minister Farrakhan, you know how they talk. <laughs> Will you yeah. use this opportunity to proselytize oh, your faith? You said that. Go ahead, go ahead, and of go course ahead. the minister was like, well, no, brother. I'm just going to ask the men to go back and join a church of their choice, an organization of their choice, you know, 
Uh, he encouraged people on that day to adopt, you know, black children. Mm-hmm. The adoption rate went up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he told people to register to vote, mm-hmm. to empower themselves, you know, politically. Uh, the voting roll went up. I mean, there were so many other things. But I have to say this, you know, as a helper to uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Student National Prison Reform Minister, Brother Abdullah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, he encouraged us mm-hmm. to do what? To adopt, adopt an incarcerated person and, write and then write them to reconnect them to their community to put some money in their commissary or canteen, mm, you see, to send God, them man. books. This is what the minister, and again, as we this program uh, title, Have We Kept Our Word? Ooh, have we? It's 27 years ago. Just imagine if we was doing doing it at 5%. Good God. You know, God. With, you know, the effects that it would have all the way across the board. And so, you know, we all have to tighten up. The biggest room in any house is the room for improvement. That's right. That's right. And interestingly enough, brother, as you talked about that, my mind went back to the fact that our brother Stan Tukey Williams was given the platform to address the people on that day, man, via telephone. And I thought, man, that was his power. That's a lot of things happened that day. And as we talk about it, it, it's coming back up in my memory, man. I remember me and Brother Lamar, at the end of it, Brother, we walked from the Capitol. We finished post. And then Minister Jamil asked the brothers, Brothers, turn around and pick up whatever paper around you. You know, we want to leave it the way we found it. Da, 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 da. And after that, Brother, the brothers had left. It was like, you know, smoke come in and the smoke leaves, you know. And we walked from the Capitol steps all the way down to that pool and beyond. Me and Brother Lamar didn't see any trash. We saw a lot of full trash cans, trash cans overflowing. But it was clean, and we would we just marveled at it, man, at the, the spirit and the discipline. Black men, brother, and our people want better. If we offer them better, they will seize upon the opportunity to do better. The thing of it is, brother, we can't play with them today. You know, and we simply cannot play with our people today. They are not down with it. And this is why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in his late 80s, right at the doorstep of 90, 90, can still garner the ear and attention of the youth because there's a certain spirit in our people today that that God, it reminds me of the scripture says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. You know, our people are paying attention. Yes, we still have problems. No, to a large degree, we have not kept our word, but the opportunity to make our word bond is still there. And the the avenues by which to do it, the resources to do it, all we got to do is have the will to go forth and make our word bond. Brothers and sisters, you've been listening to the Mississippi on the Move podcast, and me and Brother Kenneth are doing our best to address this question, whether 1995 Million March is concerned, is have we kept our word? So, brothers and sisters, I don't know about anybody else. I'm going to speak for me. I definitely plan with God's help to make my word bond. I know none of us are perfect. We're going to make some mistakes. We're going to stumble. We're going to bump into one another. But 
the purity of the heart and the purity of motivation, right motivation and right intentions is what we need to focus on. As long as our motivation and our intent is right, because the book says Allah rewards a man for what he strives for. As long as we're striving for what's right, we'll get it. We'll get it. So at this time, Brother Kenneth, I want to do a throwback, man. I want to, uh, I found something, man, that uh, during that time in 1995, the hip-hop community got involved, and uh, they put together a piece, man, for that March, and it was entitled Where Y'all At? You know, and it featured Chuck D and Ice-T and, uh, nice and smooth and uh, D.A. Smart. Our brother was in it. West Coast Cam was part of it. And I was like, man, so I want to, for tonight's cultural segment, I want to do the throwback, the Million Man March, entitled Where Y'all At? Check it out, y'all. The young ones ain't heard this one yet, so we're going to bump this one for tonight. Check it out, y'all. Yo, check this out. This is Ice Cube from the West Side Connection, calling all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa. The world has never seen a million black men in one place. But on October 16th in Washington, D.C., a million black men will gather. Yeah, 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 yeah. Word up, son. Check it out, though. You know what I'm saying? Word up, son. Hey yo, open your eyes, get wise, and look alive. Focus your attention. Windows 95 updated, high tech clinching. Courses of the colored man who claim he holds the keys to the safe. Secrets of the world, blow him in his face. Who's the master of the universe? Galaxy and planets, Babylonians, the static moon, the sinking of Atlantis. See the one solar reginals, black filled with melanin, going out like rebels in Kuwait and Sudan. Brother's gonna have to put themselves in check. Three strikes, you in the penzo. Shank to your neck, your woman cries, your baby goes up alone. Talking through a three-inch glass on a two-way phone. You tell me brothers got no options today. You better listen to the ice closely, fool. Crime don't pay. Gas and dope, bullets and coke ain't the way. You need to march with the nation on atonement day. Man, two of my brothers, we be rhyming like this. Yeah, I can handle it. They can't kill a mill or dismantle it. If we can leave the component alone, no. show them a brother to brother instead of Negro. Crackers in the back of scene, no, I mean. But I've been knocking them out the box like no, commanders. On the single, we be flowing at the lingo coming together, not so like man didn't go. So where you at, Joe? Right here. With braids, waves, dreads, and bald heads. A million strong doing duty. Wisdom, strength, beauty. Guma Oz, they bar. Some moon star. And it's our holy day. Come sober. Smooth B in DC. 16th of October. In unity, there's power. None can devour. Our after hour. Love shower. Imagine us traveling back to Nazareth. Raise up the black dead slaves like last With our chest raised through the blaze. Holy essays. No more death days. Effect slaves possessed in caves. the last days of time. We got to raise your mind. Brothers walk around dumb, different and blind. Pregnant Earth always carry eggs. I'm blessed to never fall off the ledge. And blast your name family like Sister Sledge. God prepared the table for us in the presence of our enemy. Now we soon to be one in unity. One, two, three, I'm a G. 
But the God inside is that G I chose to be. The world is a stage and everybody plays a part. I'm not considered the one with a sensitive heart. When I say black man, you say go. Black man, go. Black man, go. So where you at, y'all? Right here. From Tuta to Toby and hold me in a way that you treat me, but still hold me. What you trying to pull? Eating up like cannibals. Whatever happened to that 40 acres and that animal? Now you trying to use integration just to fool us. Like Malcolm said, we've been hoodwinked and bamboozled. Mama crying and I ain't lying. I'm going to Washington for justice. I'ma get it or die trying. Don't hesitate. He set the date. And that's a million black men in one place to set it straight. So black women applaud the black You know the world about to end Rain, hail, snow, earthquakes And a million black men Up under God, indivisible With liberty and justice for all Cause y'all done made us miserable With this American nightmare That's why October 16th We gonna be right there Like yeah The same brothers that you won't go on Well we about a million deep On your front lawn It's going on from here To Abraham Lincoln statue And every brother here Thinking yeah We need to holler at you About this overdue business With the black Muslim Christian Jew and Jehovah Witness to get this out in the open. The only way is for us to declare a black holy day. The homies say that they rolling, plus we got family 40 miles up patrol. Where you at, y'all? Right here. Worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call Radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button. Or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call Radio. The official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. What's your source for truth in news reports? No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Where do you turn for non-corporate driven news that's fair and balanced? No Subscribe to the Final Call News, your number one free and independent news source that delivers hard-hitting national and international news coverage of today's political, economic, and social issues. To subscribe to local home delivery, call us at area code 662-252-8999. That's 662-252-8999. Visit our website at www.finalcall.com. The Urban Indulgence Bath and Body Boutique 
At Urban Indulgence, we pride ourselves on offering quality, effective skin care. Handcrafted with plant-based, skin-loving ingredients, our soaps and body butters will give you luxurious lather and ultimate moisture. Experience the Urban Indulgence at 3314 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, three blocks west of Poplar Plaza, or shop with us online at theurbanindulgence.com. Theurbanindulgence.com. Assalamu alaikum once again, brothers and sisters. That's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Mississippi on the Move podcast. We certainly thank everyone for tuning in. Brother Kenneth, I think tonight was a good one, my brother. I mean, there's a lot more that can be said on this topic. But at any rate, thanks to uh, anyway, thanks to everyone, to all of our listening audience. Uh, brother William, Brother Keith, Sister Audrey, and Brother Willie, and my wife, Sister Coretta, and all of you. So many, too many to name. I just wanted you all to know that we certainly thank you for your continued unwavering support. So we're going to leave all of you as we came before you with the greeting words of peace as we say, As-salamu alaykum. Mississippi on the
Mississippi on the 